Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At this point, most shows are winding down. Roy is just getting started. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Well, entering our third hour here of the Roy Green Show. Across Canada right now on the Chorus Radio Network Live, I'm Andrew Lawton, guest hosting for Roy today. Wanted to look outside of Canada, though, for this particular segment here. There was a story that CBC, uh, CBS News rather, ran earlier this week that had a headline that was a very concerning story behind it. But the headline itself was really misrepresenting it. It was talking about the country that has almost eliminated Down syndrome. And look, I've known people that have Down syndrome. I've known people that have those in their family that do. And I was actually quite shocked and and pleasantly surprised to hear, oh my goodness, there's a country that for whatever reason has managed to make it so that this is not an issue. Well, then you read a little bit in. The country in question is Iceland. And they're not eliminating Down syndrome. They're eliminating people with Down syndrome through abortion. You can detect the gene that is the precursor to Down syndrome in utero, utero, which means when a child is still in the mother's womb. And in Iceland, they have a near 100% abortion rate if that gene is detected. Whereas in the West, there is a high abortion rate. But obviously, people are, are able to look around at the resources available and the lives that people with Down syndrome have led going into adulthood with uh, quite a high average age compared to many other conditions. But no, in Iceland, only one or two children escape abortion every year that actually have Down syndrome. And this story has been very legitimately criticized, despite how it was initially presented. But does it bring around a discussion that we need to have? I think so. And I want to do it on this show because I know a lot of other media sources won't. And I do want to bring in Stephanie Gray, who's a profoundly positive and also incredibly talented pro-life speaker and author based in British Columbia. Stephanie, it's wonderful to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Andrew. Thank you for having me on your program. The idea of Down syndrome being met with abortion is not a new concept. We know it happens in Canada and the U.S., other countries and and jurisdictions where abortion is legal. And we know that the test itself is used with with varying degrees of, of, I guess, devotion, depending on the particular parents involved. In Iceland, it's all but essentially required. It's so common, this test, and, and then the result of it is, is obviously that we have parents that are aborting, and now this is really a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way, because now that everyone else is doing it, parents are, are led to this position that, well, I guess this, this is what we must do here. How did you feel when you heard about this? Because I, I was truly sickened, and I, I deal in the news a lot. I, I see really uncomfortable things and unpleasant things. can't remember the last one that hit me as hard as this one did. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I was horrified, um, especially because in a way it affects me personally. I spent um, some time in Eastern Europe and Romania looking after children in a failure to thrive clinic. And the little baby that I was assigned to take care of 
for the duration that I was there had Down syndrome. And I watched him transform over the time that I was there when he had someone giving him attention and working on his leg strength and helping him stand up and, and these little milestones. And I saw this, this little boy just come to life when he was loved and cared for. And to think that you have not only in Iceland, but of course in our own backyard in the vast majority of countries around the world where many of these children that I care for will never get to be cuddled and loved because they will be dismembered and decapitated through abortion. And, you know, I think you made a really valid point in your introduction. Iceland has not eliminated Down syndrome. It has eliminated people with Down syndrome. And that's the key point here. They're killing people because those people have a genetic difference compared to others. I hate going down the road of comparing anything with Nazi Germany or with communist states because I realize it's so overdone and a lot of the times it's so extreme and and deliberately polemic. And I'm not comparing the Icelandic government to Nazi Germany. I'm, I'm comparing the practice, however, of getting rid of those deemed undesirable, of those deemed deformed or defective with a practice that was ubiquitous in that part of history. And, and that's the most chilling part here. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the origins of the Holocaust, the Nazis were led by an idea that there were lives unworthy of life lives unworthy of life, the English translation. And so that has made its way into the abortion debate, as we're seeing in the context of uh, children with Down syndrome being killed, with the idea that their quality of life is not at the level that others deem to be standard, and therefore they are eliminated. And so we were supposed to have learned from the past that human life has inherent value, and our value does not go up or down based on our abilities or our genetic anomalies. I reached out to the National Down Syndrome Society asking if one of their spokespeople in the U.S. would be available to speak, and and they weren't speaking. And I don't know if it's because this is a particularly divisive issue within the Down Syndrome community, but they did send a statement, which I I wanted to read a, a section of here. They said, around the world, children and adults with Down Syndrome continue to exceed expectations. Individuals with Down Syndrome live independently. They go to college. They work in competitive jobs. They get married. They live to their full potential and lead fulfilling lives. And as one of the world's largest advocacy organizations, we will continue to advocate tirelessly for the total inclusion and acceptance of individuals with Down syndrome in every corner of the world. Like any other condition, there's a spectrum. There are those that need a lot more support than others. There are those that live longer than others. And I think you have that in the non-Down syndrome affected population as well, where you know the mileage of one's life may vary. But I think that this message is, is one that clearly isn't getting through to parents in Iceland, because if it were, they would think twice before going down this road. And it's not to say they wouldn't, but it, it's really concerning to me that there seems to be this dearth of information there that in North America is quite widely known, which is, yeah, people with Down syndrome, it doesn't mean it's a death sentence like maybe it did a generation ago to people. Well, absolutely. And I think what we need to get to is the root of why these genetic tests are happening to begin with. Are people pursuing genetic testing while pregnant because they're trying to find out information that they can correct while pregnant or that they can prepare for upon the child being born and and better help the child at birth? In the vast majority of cases, the answer to that is no. These tests are being done just to identify and weed out. And so I think there needs to be, you know, a focused campaign to call into question why the testing is happening to begin with. You know, on that CBS story, I watched one woman say, well, it, it, 
wouldn't have mattered to us, so we didn't do the test because if the result came, it wouldn't have changed anything. Unfortunately, she's a minority. The vast majority of people, it would have changed a lot. They likely wouldn't have proceeded with their pregnancy had they done a test that got a positive result. So we need to work on the hearts and minds of people, why they have such a negative attitude towards a child who has genetic difference, which brings to mind uh, an amazing organization um, called PositiveExposure.org. It started by a former fashion photographer who takes pictures of people with physical and genetic difference, showing um, basically the positive aspects of their life and focusing not on their disability, but their ability. And I love his tagline, the photographer, Rick Widotti. He says, change how you see, see how you change. So that's what really needs to happen here in Iceland. First of all, people need to start with changing how they see people with Down syndrome, not looking at the individual as a negative person, but as a person of great value who's unrepeatable and irreplaceable. And if we can change how we see, then we need to sit back and watch how we ourselves change. I know there was one representative of the March for Life who called on CBS to air a segment about the happiness and benefits that Down syndrome children bring to families. And obviously that's a subjective point, but it's it's important to note in that this segment didn't really have that other side of it, of all the, the people with Down syndrome that do grow up to live independent, fulfilling lives, like that statement from the National Down Syndrome Society said. That was pretty much missing. It was all about the parents that are faced with this from their medical uh, practitioners as essentially being, or certainly the illusion of being the only road forward. Well, and that's why it's so important that we focus on what we ought to control, which is our bad attitudes, not the individual who may have a genetic condition, which isn't ideal. Of course, it's, it's a problem. It can lead to heart defects and all kinds of, of complications for those children's lives. But it's the bad attitude we have towards those individuals. And instead, we need to say, okay, if some people who have Down syndrome have led very positive, fulfilling lives, they're very happy. If other people with Down syndrome aren't leading those lives, instead of eliminating the person with Down syndrome, why don't we eliminate the bad circumstances those people are in and work to make their lives as happy and fulfilling as the lives of other people who have proven it is possible? We know sex-selective abortion is a distinct issue, but also one that really goes along the same vein of people using tests, not just for information or to prepare for something, but people using tests as really a step to judge the worthiness of, of someone. And there is another side of this, though, that I was curious to get your take on, which is that if we have this culture and society wherein a great many Western nations, abortion is perhaps not accepted everywhere, but is legally allowed, and in some circles is very much accepted, why does the reason of the motivation matter? If this is something that is allowed, why does it matter if someone's doing it because the child has this gene that uh, says they're going to have Down syndrome or just because they don't want a child? That's, that's a great point. And, and I think the more that point is raised, the more the average person who's been accepting of abortion is going to have to realize the implications of their viewpoint. I remember uh, debating an abortionist who said that he would absolutely abort a child who had Down syndrome. And I said, what if a woman didn't want a child aborted because of Down syndrome, but because the child was female and she wanted a male? Would you abort that child? He said, no. And I said, well, what's the difference? And then you could, you could tweak the situation a bit and say, well, imagine you have a woman pregnant with a female fetus who has Down Down syndrome. So now her reason for wanting the child is to be aborted is because the child is female. But if his thinking is, but this child has Down syndrome, would he then do it? So this is the problem that arises when we attach people's value to how we feel about them or what we want of them 
or what they look like or are able to do. And the reality is human rights are grounded in being human, being a member of the the species Homo sapiens, being a part of the human family. And so regardless of someone's sex, regardless of their ability or disability, if they're a member of the human family, they should have the right to life. To bring it back to the CBS report, there was one idea, and we talked about this a couple of moments ago, where the report said they're eliminating Down syndrome, and you and I both shared, obviously, the point here that, no, they're eliminating people with it. The really, really concerning, and I'm going to go so far as to say sinister part of that, is that when the report says that Iceland is on track to eliminate Down syndrome, that, that means it's really the very epitome of dehumanization. They don't see these as individuals. They see them solely as the disease, solely as the syndrome. And that's what they don't even talk about them as people, as individuals, as children. They talk about them as the syndrome. Exactly. And that's why I think, you know, it's important we be careful about our language to not talk about a disabled person, but a person with a disability. So what's first and foremost is the individual. And then, oh, by the way, the individual is this age or has this ability or this disability. But the problem is this this perspective that we're overlooking. We're talking about... Uh, a unique human being who has never existed and will never exist again and is here for a purpose. And who are we to claim that we can eliminate them from this world? Stephanie Gray joining me on the line, pro-life speaker and author based in British Columbia. Stephanie, great speaking with you again. Thanks so much for taking some time to chat. Thanks, Andrew. All right. All the best to you. I've got to take a break here. When we come back in a couple of moments, I want to give you a bit of an update on this protest in Quebec City. This actually dovetails on what we were talking about at the very start of the show here of the far right versus the far left behaving really shockingly similarly to one another, despite claiming to be at odds. We'll talk about that up next. I'm Andrew Lawton, and this is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.